Contenders, ready! Hello and welcome to this week's Glad Pod in association with Gladiators TV. I'm David Blackmore and with me, as always, is producer Paul and Jet. Now, diving into the mailbag, kicking us off, there's an email from Anthony Waters. Now, Anthony believes that the Sky version didn't last as long as it might because it was trying to replace the original and he thinks the BBC version will need to build its own own audience. So Paul, coming to you first of this, presumably, and the way I look at it, there needs to be enough of the support of the original Glad fans, you know, fans like you and I, it needs to be enough to get us excited first, surely. Definitely. I I mean, I think I actually disagree with uh, Anthony on this one. I feel like the Sky version was maybe trying to be a little bit too different from the original because they had like the addition of water and fire, which I know was very controversial with all of the fans. And then they also tried to evolve the concept where that's where I think that they went wrong. I feel like quite often they said, this is bigger and better and our gladiators are bigger and better than the previous one and I think we all know that that probably wasn't the case especially with the arena and the set of events and stuff. I think what I did like about the Sky version where I did think that they did it very well compared to all of the other reboots was that they brought the original gladiators back as legends which I thought was a, a fantastic way of syncing up between the original version and the new version. That was a really great tie-in. And for the new version of gladiators on the BBC from the little that we know so far sounding like it's going to be very celebratory of the original concept it's already back in an arena as we know and rather than the kind of the tv studio setting which is great news and i think that the fan base have enough to be excited about and should be excited about it no and i'm sure there'll be lots of glad fans out there that have an opinion either way on that but anthony also goes on to say that he would pay good money to see the originals do a master's version of events today and I'm going to come to you with this. Which event could you do today? And I'm going to start off with Danger Zone. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that would be a no-brainer for me. I was quite I was quite a sharp shot and it meant I could be in one spot and maybe develop a leg and do a couple of pirouettes and do really bad dad dancing. <laughs> so yeah, I could definitely do that one. And? <laughs> well, I was going to say, and what what other events could you think you could, you could possibly do? I probably could hang tough still, of all things. I wouldn't want the big high fall at the end because it was the big falls that were actually not very good for me psychologically as well I don't know how to handle that now but I could certainly negotiate myself around the rig depending on who I'd be teamed up with Powerball definitely and the wall of course <laughs> Hang Tough I get that actually and I, I think we've spoken about this before particularly if it'd been like lowered as well you know back when you were coming back from your injury you, you could have done that then as well Yeah I mean Nigel Lithgow at the time rang me I'll never forget I'd just come back from teaching and he went Jet I want my Jet back can we do some more episodes just saying i'm back and i said oh, i don't think i can nigel do you remember my accident and he said oh no we'll we'll upshoot the whole thing to make it look like the hang tough rig is actually still 20 foot up in the air on the fall and i just said you know what psychologically i don't think i can i actually don't think i can so it didn't happen it didn't happen for me in the end but you did ask the events that you could probably do probably come and go depending on how you're how you're feeling each day well i do but there's a big difference between 30 years on from being just 23 <laughs> 
<laughs> and even my 23 year old voice you can hear in all my interviews so yeah 30 years on is quite a big leap but you know if we look at the look at other legends like lightning for instance kim bear she's in incredible condition probably even better condition now as are some of the others than back to those days and obviously i'm carrying quite serious so it was a neck and a lower spine injury which wasn't gladiator originated that was a disc injury from competitive championship aerobics years of dance and gymnastics so i think yeah you've got to consider the wear and tear but there are definitely some of us legends from the original show who i would think they'd give a really good run anyone a good run for their uh, money in a new series producer paul off the top of your head putting you on the spot yet again which (laughs) uk and international glad do you think could still reach could still reach those heights or or at least do a a master's version of events today oh well i think they always say once a gladiator always a gladiator so i'd always quite like to think of all of them being capable of, of stepping back in the arena but i think like die was kind of hinting at there from the original it would have to be lightning and and probably hunter as well maybe even rebel rhino would surely stand a chance plus from the sky version i think spartan um, and tempest maybe they were standout characters for me in in that series as well i actually can't think of any that haven't really kept in shape or would be able to at least do some of the events in the arena and from an international point of view i think probably some of the swedish gladiators i would say were great characters and that was one of the most recent versions as well so there's there's two uh, gladiators called pansa and bullet who i think would would be fantastic in a, a new edition of gladiators as well that is why you are the oracle paul just doing that off the top of your head <laughs> guys as always you can get in touch with the glad pod by emailing gladpod at gladiatorstv.com or of course sliding into our dms on instagram facebook or twitter let's get on with this week's show shall we Joining us today to find out her story is, for me, the ultimate British female gladiator. It is none other than Kim Betts. Lightning to you and I. She is the ultimate female gladiator, a legend, and a wonderful, wonderful human being. Follow that, Kim, as an intro. (laughs) Welcome. How about that? I can't believe my luck. I should have come on ages ago. And meet for the first time, Lightning. She's an accomplished gymnast, 23 gold medals to her name, and her bodybuilding wins include the EFBB British Championships. Great to see you again. I mean, it's always far too long. And Paul, my God, how long has it been? I think it was a few years ago at a Comic-Con, maybe, that I saw you. I remember when you were knee-high. Oh, it's amazing. And yet now, you know more about like, than what I do. We'll soon find out. We want to take you down a trip down memory lane. Let's see what I can remember. The old age kicks in and all of a sudden I get a little bit of this uh, blank memory. But hey-ho. Lightning! Our memories work in different ways. Certain things we remember are more pertinent and more important to others than others. So let's test your memory. Take us right back. How did it ever first come into your life? to be lightning. I was on the British Championships for Nabba in bodybuilding and I was in bodybuilding month 
monthly magazine and Andrew Norgate spotted me in that and he phoned me up. I was living with my mum and dad at the time and I answered the phone and he said, oh, it's Andrew Norgate from LWT. Uh, we're bringing out this and he carried on talking about this TV programme and I thought, this is my own because he always used to phone up and, and make practical jokes. So I put the phone down because Andrew Norgate phoned up again. said, Uncle Keith, I know it's you. Anyway, this is how the phone call went so I'm going to put the phone down again. He phoned up the third time. <laughs> I mean, I could have blown it. But anyway, he phoned up the third time. My dad was up in his office. He answered the phone. He shouted down, hey, Andrew Norgate's on the phone. And um, he explained it. And I thought, that's not And he said, Are you, do you want to come along? And I said, yeah, okay then, as long as I can bring my dad. Because I was a bit concerned. I thought it could be a scam. It could be, it could be a serial killer. I didn't know who it was. It was completely out of this world to me. You know, I'd never, I'd never really done too much proper gymnastics in school. And that was it. So all of a sudden, when this came along, it was it was a bit of a shock. And I didn't know whether to believe it to be true. So I took my dad, dad along for protection and moral support. And um, yeah, went went through it all. And I remember I did all the fitness tests. And at the very end, there was a set of rings. And he said, right, OK, well, if you can do this, you're in. I said, well, what have I got to do? He said, get from A to B. And I said, what, A, A, there, B, there, literally from there to there. He said, yeah. I said, how many times? <laughs> said, I said, okay, then. I thought this is going to be a dozzle. So I went A to B to A to B to A to B. And he said, right, that's enough. Come down. Went into the middle and I finished off with a somersault. And he said, right, okay, you're in. <laughs> he said, your name's Lightning. I thought, okay, it's pretty cool. That's fine. He said, no, we did have a Lightning. I actually know who the original Lightning was. Um, and we've never revealed before so i was i was keeping this as a bit of an exclusive but um original lightning was actually a contender called moya lidden who was in the series one uh she was a, a motor car racer um and she'd been hired by nigel to be the original lightning but then during training he realized that she potentially wasn't what she what he wanted for the show kind of made her a contender instead so kim and the original lightning moya actually faced each other during series one of gladiators which was uh, uh, looking back now is is really interesting to watch that and know obviously the story behind it. Moya an inch taller than Lightning, but giving away four pounds in weight. As we've just seen, balance very important. Those platforms are only four feet in diameter, sixteen inches across. Not much room to manoeuvre. Well, they say blondes have more fun. We're having a good time too. And Lightning gets straight down to business. Oh, look at that. What a headshot. Lightning's got to be careful. She looks a little overzealous up there. She mustn't let Moya draw her across. Lightning perched right on the edge there of the platform. Oh, she stepped across. Instant DQ. Moya picks up the full 10 points. And how disappointing for Lightning. She did all the work there. Well done. I'm dead impressed. Thank you. I knew she was mine. She looked too scared when she was up there. I think, I think she was scared of heights. Well, Lightning didn't look too scared from where I was watching. Fancy you knowing that and not saying anything for Well, I only, I, I only just found out literally last year because it, when we were doing a podcast episode with Phoenix, 
leaks. And she was saying, oh, there was actually original lightning. And she had all of the documents and it said all of the names of the gladiators and it said lightning TBC on the document. And I was like, she said, oh, one of the, there was a girl in there who was the original lightning and she was a motor car racer. And then I was like, there was a contender who was a motor car racer. So I showed her a photo of her and she was like, that was her. That was who the original lightning was. And then I since spoke to Moya about it and she'd given up her job and everything to become oh. a gladiator. So it was, uh, yeah, gutting for her, but obviously great for, for you. We learn something new every day, 30 years on, and I'm still finding something new. <laughs> so what, what did you make it? of the name lightning? Because I think in, in, in latter years, you perhaps uh, joked or jested that um, you wish it had been slightly shorter. So you would, when you were signing signatures, it could have been a bit shorter for you. But you know, that was the only thing that really used to knock me because because Jet's sitting next to me and she's like doing three letters, <laughs> getting a wrist ache. But when they actually said the name Lightning, I thought, oh, that's a really quite funky name. I quite like that. It's electrifying, it's snappy and sharp and bright. We, we all kind of put our own stamp on the name. But yeah, it was so long. But no, I, I was more than happy with it. And I still am. Apart from everyone seems to think that Lightning has an E-ness. How many bits of fan posts would you get with Lightning spelled incorrectly? And would you reply to them if they had spelt it in? correctly always replied and to be honest i'd say 50 percent of people would put ian to 50 percent not now kim one thing that you and i both have in common is that kind of gymnastics background so i just wanted to take you a little bit further back to to that point what was it or who was it that got you into gymnastics at the at the very beginning i was six years old my sister had been doing it for a couple of years she's three years older than me and i just remember watching and thinking in awe thinking oh my gosh she's so good that's wicked so i was waiting to be of age in order to go through the trials to see if they would accept me as a gymnast at this this gym club so that's how i started gymnastics kind of followed my sister's footsteps i mean it sounded intense though kim like you know you're training with the british squad you're doing four you know four or five times a week eight hours on the sunday you competed for 10 years and then you gave it up at 15 why you know there's not many things that i regret in my life and that's probably one of them it's probably the only one sounds really stupid actually why i gave up my dad was my coach along with another guy he kind of went everywhere with me well we did we went absolutely everywhere together i got in my head that my dad only loved me for my gymnastics it's a really strange situation i know and we had an amazing bond and and everything you know we we were best friends and i don't know why whether it was my age and emotions or hormones, I don't know what it was. And all of a sudden, I just thought he just loves me for my gymnastics. So I gave up and I'd put all these, po- I'd made all posters and I'd put them all around my bedroom wall. I'm going to stop gymnastics. I don't want to do gymnastics. And I did. And he just said, okay, if that's what you want. So I kind of stayed with it to prove my point. And then I regretted it. And I thought, oh, that was a stupid thing to do. What, what was I thinking? And I tried to go back, but because I'd had so long out as a gymnast, you can't can't do that and um, no it just wasn't the same so yeah the proof of a champion gymnast is gold medals and lightning has 23 do you think that having had that background in gymnastics made you the gladiator that you went on to become? Oh, 100%. And I still say today, being a gymnast gives you so many things from rotational awareness, how to land from a great height, the spinning, the turning, the somersaults, the power, the strength, the speed. There's so many things that are involved with gymnastics that gives you as an athlete, where a lot of sports don't cover so much. So I think as far as the all-rounder goes, I 100% put it down to the gymnastics 
gymnastics. Also mindset as well, you know, that plays a big part in it. And then the other thing I've always said as well, it's, it doesn't matter how big you are. I mean, me and Jet were one of the smallest. So bigger is not always better. If you've got the mindset and the technique, you can go a long way because you can get up there and you can be the fastest, the strongest, the fittest. If you don't know the technique and you don't, you know, figure it out mentally and have the eye of the tiger, you can forget it. That's it, isn't it? It's the eye of the tiger. I remember Eunice sharing with me backstage about something about that. She's like, the focus, the focus in the arena. It's amazing. And I think like you, Kim, the the focus you 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 bring forwards into your adult af- athletic life from being a gymnast, just about that ability to focus and be consistent and be very dexterous as well. You've got to be really bright, I think, to be a gymnast. You've got to work things out. Because we got such little time, didn't we, on the on the events themselves. Literally two days a year get there and we literally had our two days. The contenders had their two days, then we were in dress rehearsals and you know, full rehearsals, full speed ahead then, wasn't it, with the cameras and the filming? But so I actually I came home and I would think, right, okay, what do I need to practice for this event, that event? Obviously we weren't aware of any new events coming out, so we couldn't practice for that, but you kind of know what it takes to be a gladiator. You need your upper body strength, you need speed, agility, stamina. It's everything. It's a whole package. So there's no good turning up with one because you might be good at one game, but nobody wants to see you on that same game week in, week out. You've got to be versatile. You've got to be able to do every event and you've got to be good at them because if you're getting out there and you're losing everything, that's not what it's about. You're not going to get the audience. The contenders are just going to laugh and think, oh, I've got an easy one. And you're going to be dropped because a, a gladiator has to really make their bones. They have to make their name. They have a point to prove. But at the end of the day, no one can win everything. We are just to stop them from scoring points because at the end of the day it's about the contenders and who's the winner out of those so I used to come home after each filming and think right what have I got to improve on how can I make that better on that event and I'd you know I, I lived on a farm so we had small hay bales in the hay barn and I would take them all down and then restack them in the shape of a pyramid and I'd be up and down and up and down and throwing myself up crumpled at the bottom getting injured up and down up and down throwing myself up I'd be blowing out of both ends but you are when you're doing the filming, you know what I mean? And, you know, that really helped. There were rumours that you, whether you had or had not applied to be a contender, had you? No, I didn't even know about the show or I haven't heard or read or anything about gladiators until I was phoned up and asked to go along and audition to be a gladiator. And what's that initially, just with the timeline? Did they initially get you in as kind of a reserve? Because I know Cobra was a reserve as well before you kind of then, because you, I think you were, um, Paul, correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the last original gladiator to be sort of taken onto the team as well. Yeah, well, I tell you, when I did my, they phoned me up and I went there, it was either the same day or the next day, because I literally ran upstairs and packed my bag. There was a sheet up in this hall and it was in I can't remember where it was now, but there was a sheet up. All the gladiators were actually practicing the other side of this massive curtain. So I had my test the other side of where the gladiators were. So they were already in training. They said that I would start off as a reserve, same as Cove's. So I thought, brilliant. Okay. They said, you'll definitely be in a couple of shows. I thought, okay, fair enough. So I did the first two shows and then they said, right, okay, you know, that's really good. We like the way you're coming across. Uh, We're going to put you in seven shows. I thought, cool, wicked. So I did the first seven shows and then after about five, they pulled me into the office and they said, we're going to make you a full-blown gladiator so you're no longer a reserve. Where did it come about or what was the conversation around dyeing your hair? Oh, blimey. What year did I do that? 
that. Was it the second year? Yeah, I think so. Because was it not the first year? Because in the training videos, what they released on VHS, you were kind of there with the rest of the gladiators and you had kind of like the mousy brown hair. And then by the time the show came along, you were kind of the blonde lightning kind of style that we always knew. So I didn't know if it was series one, if they'd had a word with you and were like, hey, you're, you're lightning. We need you to have like blonde hair. You know what? I can't remember. Just remember I see them the first year of these brown curly massive bouffante 80s hair and oh just cringe every time I see it I think oh no but when you go out and do PAs and sign autographs everybody wants the curly hair and I hate signing those those autographs and thinking oh my god please no would you not like one of these these are so much nicer they're a bit more modern they're a lot newer I don't know why I went blonde in all fairness I don't know if it was my decision or their decision because I would say Kim out of all of the gladiators I think you're the one who's look evolved like you said from series one all the way through like in terms of hair in terms of costume in terms of the build of your body as well it definitely you seem to get leaner your costume seemed to get skimpier as well as as the show progressed as did many of the girls costume yeah well steve agnett designed the very first one oh lord it was so damn itchy they put this silver what's it called stitching you know like thread in around the armpits and the, the the leg the groin elastic Oh, it was scratchy and itchy and it was horrible. And it wasn't very stretchy either. So I just remember it was an absolute nightmare to get in and out of. So when the second year came along, I asked if I could make some adaptions because I wanted it very different. And yeah, so every year I kept saying to them, oh, can we do this? Can we do that? Can we do that? So I changed it every year. And yeah, you're right. It got smaller and smaller. It ended up being like a bloody thong, didn't it? In a bra. But you know what? I didn't mind because I I was training. I was getting fitter and tighter. And I think what it was I soon learned after the first year that that's what the games needed there was no good me going in as a powerhouse because then I wouldn't have been able to do a lot of the events so I kind of trained for the events and that's just how my body turned out I'm a chocoholic <laughs> she is I have I've watched you just down deck at the end of one of our comic cons someone came over with a box a box of really gorgeous beautifully made cakes wasn't it Cameron <laughs> You just scoff a lot, remember? Yeah, I know. And you know these people, it's like Pringles, they can have one and put it back in the cupboard. Not happening here. If I start it, if summer opens... It has got to go. And I could be feeling sick. I've still got to finish it. I mean, I've got really quite strong willpower. Not with chocolate. Speaking about the costumes, Kim, 30-year anniversary came up last year. You got the costumes back out again. What was it that prompted you? I mean, first of all, were they hard to find? And second of all, were you surprised how well they still suited and fitted you? You didn't see the original video. Oh, my God. The reason why I did it, I've renovated my house, okay? So I was um, sorting out underneath the, the beds. And I came across a costume. And I thought, oh, my God, I didn't even know I had. One. I didn't think I had any costumes. So I thought, oh, I wonder if I got any more. So I went up in the loft and I found a couple more. And then I went on in, in another storage, in another bedroom, and I found some more. I never knew I had them. Now the elastic's gone on them. Now I know my body hasn't shrunk that much. Well, it hasn't. I'm certainly no shorter. When I first put them on, the crutch was at my knees. Seriously, I'm looking at those videos. I had them tied up in all places you couldn't see. So it actually looked okay. They don't actually look like that you know when I held them up and it went down to my knees I don't know if I showed that bit they were all like that oh it's hilarious 
this. Me and my daughter were crying with laughter. I mean, we didn't actually plan to do it. We just said, oh, she can try them on. I've got footage. We videoed it, you see. She's dancing and I'm dancing. We're taking the piss out of these costumes. Not because of the costume, but how they've changed over the years. They've been stored. I mean, if I held them up, they'd be about five foot tall. And Kim, did you have a favourite costume? I liked my two-piece a lot. Not the last one. You know, the one that says GLAD. The original logo costumes. Yeah, with the spray lightning strike. I really liked the two-piece. I felt quite at home in that. And then the other one, it's got three white bars going across the chest and the hips. Is it 94? Yeah, 94, 95 is when you had that costume. I think that's a fan favourite costume, to be honest. Yeah, I liked that one. I liked the one in, oh my Lord, what was it, 93? Yeah, 93 maybe, where it had a completely open back and it was a halter neck, so I just literally pulled it on and hooked the strap over my neck. That was it. It was so easy to get on and off, but unfortunately it kept slipping when I did my gymnastics. So that favourite kind of went to the bottom of the pack. Clearly an iconic and memorable moment for us from 2022. But just spinning back the dials to, to 1993, Kim, I'll take you to, to the Wembley Live. Breakthrough and conquer. You're having your vertebrae knocked out and quickly put back in by the physio. I didn't realise this until quite recently. Surely that was a bit of a scary experience for you so early on in, in, in your gladiator's career. What was Breakthrough and Conquer? It was the event, it never made it onto the TV screens um, in this country. It was kind of like an American football where you were guarding uh, a line and the contender had to get past you with a ball. And then the second part of it was where they had to drag you out of a circle, basically. So from the description of of kind of what I read in my research, it must have happened in the American football kind of section of it where the contender ran towards you to try and get past you. And I think their knee went into your neck or something. Thing. I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I found a clip from uh, you on a kids' TV show talking about it when I was doing my research. Okay. So it can't have been as traumatic as what it sounded, that's for sure. Yes, I have been hers. Um, they do take a lot of protective clothes, though. They, they do counter for safety a lot. Um, in, during the live shows, I had five stitches on my finger. I had to have those stitched up and I still carried on. That was done with a stick. What a professional. Um, The show must go on. And I also, in the live shows, there was a game called um, Breakthrough and Conquer. Unfortunately, it was quite rough, so we didn't carry that through for the filming. And I had my vertebra knocked out. But we had good physios, you know, 24 hours, and they put that straight away right for me. I got away probably one of the lightest with injuries, so I'm quite grateful for that. However, I spent so many hours stretching and warming up before I went into the arena. But um, yeah, I, I only had a few injuries. I mean, I broke my nose a couple of times, I shattered my finger. Looks like I hurt my back as well at one point, but I don't remember that one. Kim, you were so formidable. I mean, do you think that you were the, one of the most kind of feared gladiators for a contender to learn that they were going against? You know, I don't know. I never really looked at it like that because because to me, it was a job. I turned up, I had a job to do, I did it to my best. You know, I eat, breathe, and I slept it. And it, it wasn't just fun and games to me, although I thoroughly enjoyed it. I couldn't wait to get in the arena. You know, sometimes we did one event on a show, sometimes we'd do three, if I had three events, oh, happy days. Yeah, I'd be out there the whole time. However, no, I never looked at, oh, I wonder if anyone's scared of me, because it's just, just not the way I thought. So I wouldn't know about any of that. We've decided to call you Frightening Lightning from now on. Oh, thank you very much, Ollie. You're all all friends together. No, I mean, you were just sort of double-thinging and 
just frightening the life out of the poor girl. Well, the thing is, I double-ringed on the way there, and I thought, oh, this is going well. And all of a sudden, I overtook her, and I thought, no, it's not going well now. But I hope you're feeling OK, and you're not, you're not injured or hurt in any way. No, I don't think so. Just a bit of a bump. <laughs> well, hang on in there, girl. Let's hear it for Joe and for Lightning. I tell you what, is there anybody in this national indoor arena who had doubts about Lightning's toughness? Oh, sure, she can play the skill games. She can play the hang tough. She can do the wall. She stood up two big women. I mean, you were unbelievable in there. Yeah, I find them very tough. They're very big girls, and they've come here to fight the gladiators. And I don't think they're too nervous because they've got so much aggression, anger, and they're going to go a long way. I'd like to wish them a lot of luck for the rest of the events. Good luck, girls. And not for a second did you, did you think about not putting your body in harm's way. I have to use my body because, as you know, I'm not the biggest gladiator. But uh, I do try my best, and that time I think I came on top, so... All right, well, go see the physio and get this woman a Kleenex. Give her a big hand. She is one tough gladiator, lightning. Your win rate was phenomenal, but there was one time, and we were on the other side of the planet, we were in Australia, and you actually, did you lose on Hang Tough? Yeah, I don't know what happened now. I don't know whether I lost or whether, oh no, she didn't get to the platform. Do you know what? I could be talking out my arse. I don't know. <laughs> no, she, she, she got to the platform. Yeah, oh, for God's sake, Paul. Sorry, sorry. Okay, so she got to the platform. Right, so I didn't like those rings at all. They were a bayonet in my side. They were completely different to our rings. I felt quite at home with our rings, and when we got up there, I, I don't even remember practicing when I got up there. One, they were wooden. Yes. And they were thicker. Now, the format, they weren't as wide so that you couldn't do so much traversing, but the format was completely different. So whereas a set and say, if you look at a number five on a dice, you've got a two, a one, and a two. So you can traverse and you can swing and you've got lots of options. Where this one was like a number four. So they were all parallel. And, you know, you could have made lots of squares up so that it was very difficult to traverse. But I remember getting up there thinking, what the, what? And it just... I didn't like it at all, but I wouldn't because I lost. And the first up from Australia is Kerry. And from the UK, it's a Lightning. Lightning, undefeated hang tough expert, but smaller than Kerry in the weight and height departments. But then she is four years younger. Challenger, are you ready? Gladiator, are you ready? Three, two, one. The girls swing out, and for Kerry, this event is going to feel longer than an episode of Neighbours. Lightning will be looking to strike fear into the hearts of all the Australian challengers in this test series. Oh, and I think the camera operator is swinging about as much as the girls. Kerry one ringed. Tries to go past Lightning, but Lightning recovers. Kerry again, and Lightning can't get at her with a feet. Kerry swings by again, can Lightning recover again? Oh, she's out of position. Kerry one ringed. She gets her act together again, and she's there. Oh, look at that. Lightning's undefeated reign is over. Ten points to the Australian contender, Hang Tough, her favourite event, and that's why. Out of the 24 events, I think there were only four that you didn't play, um, which was Dogfight, Joust, Tilt, and whiplash they should not have been in the show them games thank god i never had to do them i thought they were awful i'm so glad i never got to do them they'd have wound me up honestly you definitely had 
out of all the gladiators, you probably were the most varied in terms of the different events that you did compared to, say, some of the others. Yeah, do you know, and I loved them all. I remember it was usually about midnight at the bottom of the corridor down by the securities uh, and the lift. You'd have to run down there and see what you were on for the next day. So you'd have the contenders, the games, and what gladiators the contenders were against. I couldn't wait for that list to go up on the board so I could see what I was on. And I couldn't go to sleep that night until I knew what I was on the next morning because I'd spent all night dreaming and planning what I was going to do and, you know, how it was going to pan out and how I got in sleep throughout Glaze, I'll never know. But yeah, I, I dreamt what was going to happen all night long and, and worked out my strategy. And if I was on a game that I didn't want to do, well, that would keep me up because it would it would be annoying. And then if there was a game that I was excited about, that would also keep me up because I was so excited. I just couldn't resist waiting till morning to find out what I was on. But I liked the majority of the games. Those four that you've mentioned, I hated with a passion. And even hit and run. What's that about? Yeah, danger zone. Okay, so they put it in, I think, in case the gladiators got injured, you know, and they could still go out there and please the audience and then viewers back home could also see their favourite gladiator. But for a gladiator danger zone, I mean, it's that's pants. You're not getting stuck in. You're not getting out there and, you know, doing your thing. Joust, I mean, half the time you were nowhere near the contenders so that you're just waving this stick around in thin air, couldn't get to the, the contender. And was it Whiplash that looked a little bit like sumo, but you're holding on to the... Oh, no, it was Dogfies. No, you were right. Whiplash was with kind of the dog bone that you had to keep hold of. Well, there's nothing going on. You might as well sit and watch a dog bone on the floor doing nothing. It was just boring. But it was useless. Testing new events with Hunter in London car parks in between sort of each of the series. Which events did you try out? Vertigo of all things. No crash mats, no netting. We must have been mad. But you know what? When we went down there, I remember him giving us the address and... As we pulled into this car park, I thought it must be inside. No, no, it was outside on the concrete. And I remember looking up at the game thinking, okay, this is this looks good. So he explained, you know, the objective of the game. You have to climb up, swing along five of these poles that had tiny little circles on top that you had to hold on to and get to the other end. And the fastest one won. And I thought, okay, that's cool. I said, well, what are they for? Because they just gave us a, a helmet, a soft helmet. And he looked at me and he said, don't fall. I thought, okay, that is the objective. Don't fall. But do you know what? It was a really good game. The th- see, that was all about technique. Obviously, if you're heavier, the momentum of your weight is going to take you further and reach you to the second and the third and the fourth pole. So being lighter gave you a disadvantage. And then also height. So if you're six foot, say two or three, your reach is far greater than someone at five foot five. So again, I had a disadvantage. Not that I'm five foot five. So it's all about technique. I never lost that game. Absolutely loved it. You know, a lot of these games you really have to think about. You have to break it down and think, right, okay, what's going to win this game? How can I make it better? How can I be the best at it? And it's all about technique. It's never anything else. But yeah, that one was practiced in the car park. Although Sue appears to have drawn the short straw in this event, a look at the stats reveals she's in with a chance. The lightning, nothing short of sensational, at a metre 70 tall and 57 kilos, that's nine stone. But Sue is eight centimetres taller and 11 kilos, that's one stone, 10 pounds heavier. The race to the top of pole one. Sue works for the Inland Revenue and she and her colleagues do a very fine job indeed. Hopefully that's earned me a few brownie points with the tax office. Lightning climbing strongly, she'll hit the top first. Feet on the platform, then swing the pole back from the vertical before easing it across. This event's not about leaning, but swinging. 
Sue's supporters can hardly bear to watch. Sue makes it to pole two. Lightning pulls apart on three. Sue needs to make her weight work now. Sue on three. Boyfriend Jonathan and Father Jack urging more effort. Lightning stretches to the final pole. And it looks like the maximum is going to elude Sue. Lightning checks to see how the contender's doing, but it's Lightning who once again shows brilliance in the air and wrestles victory from Sue's grasp. Jonathan and Jack disappointed, but Sue will add four points for four poles to her score. As Lightning drops in on Jeremy, Sue looks to grab the hoop for the free ride to the ground. Lightning, it just seems if uh, Gladiators has come up with another game in Vertigo that just suits you down to the ground. Oh, or well. up in the sky. <laughs> well, it's certainly not down to the ground. In fact, I don't look down when I'm up there, it's so high. But um, it's really quite nerve-wracking up there. I'd really like you to go up there, actually, Jeremy. I'll leave it to the Gladiators. <laughs> Let's hear it for Lightning! You're completely fearless, and you are the ultimate longest-serving female gladiator legend. You must have seen how the series evolved over, is the eight series that you did? Yeah, I did all of them. I didn't miss a show. Go back to the fear. I think that's what makes an ultimate gladiator where uh, you, you're good at everything because you literally have to have no fear. And if you do, the minute you get in that arena or get positioned ready for that 3-2-1, you've got to lose it because at the end of the day, you've got your eye on the target. You've got to go all out. There has to be no fear to stand in the way of you getting your job done. And I think that's what it's all about, you know. It, and that's where you get the eye of the tiger. You get out there and no matter what, and you don't have what if. Oh, what if I hurt myself? What if I slip? What if I fall awkward? You don't have any of that. Well, I never did because that's not what was in my mind. It, what was in my mind was, I have to win this. You know, this fast I have to hit her hard. I have to get her off. She's not going to beat me. So... Nothing negative ever entered my mind, ever. So during the whole of that time, you must have seen some serving gladiators come and go. Any of the newbies coming in, did you actually nurture them? Did you give them advice? Yeah, I mean, obviously I saw all the gladiators come and go and my God, isn't there a lot? There was about 34 glads in total. Some were very short-lived, you know, didn't make the cups and stayed around for a long time. But it was quite interesting because they're often different warps of life, all got characters and you all have different backgrounds as far as the physicalities go. So, yeah, it was quite interesting to see who excelled at what and, you know, how they coped for different things. But I just went in there and did my thing and it didn't really matter who came in and who did what. But as far as the newbies that came along, no, I don't think anyone really came up to me and asked me how to do things. I don't know. I mean, someone, I can't remember who it was now, thought I was unapproachable, but I'm I'm not unapproachable as an amateur. Not at all. <laughs> you're, just, you're just naturally very, in my view, naturally very funny, very approachable. But also it's that gymnastic mentality we it's like a singular focus and if somebody wants advice about how to do an event you know if we were asked we'd, we'd willingly you know oblige but for a lot of the time I think because we had so many hours didn't we backstage having to just kind of keep the adrenaline just on tick over before going out and, and, and ultimately doing peak performance for 30 seconds or a minute. That was really, that for me was one of the hardest things. How did you deal with that? Well, I was backstage and it was very hard for me to, to tick off. I say sometimes I've been two events, sometimes three, very rare one. So I found it hard because about 30 minutes before entering the arena, I had to start stretching because I liked the audience, what they wanted. And, you know, when they saw lightning, they wanted the gymnastics. 
colleagues and I, I felt that they would be a bit disappointed had I just walked in holding a helmet. So I tried to give them something and give them something to remember me by. And I loved it when I went out there and the audience, you know, uproar stamping their feet, banners going, shouting, cheering. And, you know, that side of it was important to me. I really liked that. So, yeah, I do all the stretching and everything. So I didn't really kick off very often. I was constantly thinking of how I was going to do the event. And if my event was the last one of the show, oh, I'd be on it mentally all the way right up until I went into the arena. So I didn't really have the downtime until after I'd done my event. So the splits and the spurts, and I'm at one minute. A lot of the games were 60 seconds, some were 30 seconds, I think, were they, if I remember rightly. But very explosive, powerful, pyramid. I mean, you literally are gasping for breath and blowing out both ends, getting ready for a stretcher. But you get through it because you've got that adrenaline running. You want to win. You want to stop them. So you keep going, even if you've got, like, one leg and one arm. You just keep going. Two consummate gladiators against two consummate contenders. Lightning against Eunice and Jet against Bernie. And Lightning with a first intercept bundles Eunice down. Jet takes a flyer to get to grips with Bernie. Lightning trying to recover her position. Jet driving Bernie wide. Lightning very high. Defending that summit only a step or two from the top. Gets a tackle in on Eunice. Oh, but Eunice gets a lucky break. She must be on for the 10 points at the top. No, Lightning's caught up. Can you believe this gladiator? Fantastic recovery from Lightning. Discards Eunice with contempt. Revenge for the five she conceded on Jewel. Kim, I don't want to put you on the spot again, but I'm hoping you might remember this. Did you want to compete with half of your Walkman headphones in your hair? It's quite possible. Quite <laughs> I don't know. I used to listen to music the whole time backstage. So there is a possibility that I might have got to take them off. But wardrobe was checked that you had all the safety padding and the helmets on the right way and this, that and the other. So... I don't know. I mean, they could have missed it. They wouldn't have seen something in me here, would they? No, that is true. And your most embarrassing moment, potentially doing cartwheels and, and popping out of your costume? Well, yeah, I mean, that is embarrassing, isn't it? So I don't know if anyone actually saw me or the cameras caught it, but I just remember, do you know, I might have a picture, actually. I just remember hands leaving the floor straight to chest and pulling up to my chin, my costume, just in case. So there was a chance that nobody saw it, but just the fact that I felt it happen was enough. Oh, and the other embarrassing one was, well, I don't know if you can say it was embarrassing, really. After Wall, I think this was after giving birth, Ulrika, she never sort of told you what questions she was going to ask. Well, no, they did fash, really. You, you kind of were shocked at whatever question they'd come, come up to you. But that's live TV and that's what makes it great, isn't it? And she asked me, I was expecting something to be about the Wall and she microphone in face and just all of a sudden said oh and congratulations you've just given birth to a baby boy called Lexus oh well my mind was still halfway up the wall I was working out what I was going to say how I caught her and this that and the other and so when she started talking about my son who I hadn't seen for god knows how long my emotions just took over and I, I really couldn't cope that was it eyes filled up started crying and walked off and I couldn't even answer the question it was so powerful before we discuss your run up the wall there not only are you back to form but you're back to shape because three weeks ago ladies and gentlemen this lady gave birth to a son and just look at the shape of this person oh she's gone all shy for the first time in eight years oh listen tell us what his name is god i can't speak oh no she's gone all emotional well i've seen the photos he's beautiful and he's he's just what three weeks old 
<laughs> oh, she's missing him too much. Listen, this is what happens, isn't it? You're going to go back to him soon, though. His name's Lexus. <laughs> and I'm so sorry to have thrown this on you, but let's hear it for lightning. I just couldn't deal with it. So it was only after I thought, oh, how embarrassing was that? What a stupid person. Why don't you just answer the question? I couldn't. Wow, I didn't know that, Kim. Yeah, my emotion. I mean, I was missing him terribly. And if anybody said his name or spoke, I had to cut it off. If anybody spoke about him, it was just motherly instinct and my emotions and hormones were just racing. And, you know, I had to try and forget about it. Just three weeks after giving birth, they were gladiating. My God. I know, I know. And it was um it was a really scary time because I had rotational forceps. I don't think anyone knows this. No, I don't think I've ever spoke about it. I had rotational forceps because I was pushing. Yeah, I was pushing for 17 hours, girl, you know, being dilated and ready to heave home. Yeah, the head was out, then it was it left. Frank was there. It's coming, I'm catching because he wanted to catch the baby. I'm there, I'm there, it's coming, it's coming. No, it's it's gone. Oh, it's coming. No, it's gone. So we had that for 17 hours, by which time I was absolutely exhausted and my my um, my heart rate was going through the roof. And surgeon came in and just sort of checked and he said, oh, uh, you could be pushing for about three days here and this baby's not going to go. They prepared me for cesarean and I explained to them, I can't have a cesarean. I'm filming in three weeks. You've got to get this baby out without cutting me open. So they tried forceps and it wasn't happening because he was stuck and... This one surgeon was the only one that could do it in the the hospital that could use rotational. Anyway, he came out blue. He had drugs and everything to bring him round, but he was paralysed on the one side of his face. So he had no movement and they said, we may have to cut some nerves out and do some some tests. And of course, I started crying again. I sound like a right pansy, but my emotions were everywhere. And I said, you are not cutting anything out of my baby. So we went home and he had no movement inside of his face right up until I went filming. And when I got back from filming, I think we were up there for about nine weeks. And when I got back from filming and I saw him, I just remember feeding him and holding him in my arms and saying to Frank, oh my God, I can see a dimple coming in the internet. And I said, no, honestly, I can see it. And um, yeah, it, it went from there. It was a very, very scary moment. And then just to leave your baby after this traumatic time and go filming, it was it was really hard. You're incredible. What did the season go like then after that, with that hovering over you? How could you focus and concentrate on getting the job done, as you say? I had to try and block it out. I mean, obviously, I spoke to, to, to Frank every night and throughout the day and everything. But for somebody at work, you know, I could speak to Frank about it. But then at work, it had to be about work because you can't behave very fairy and pansy-like and just go half-heartedly and you, you can't be like that when you're entering the arena to go into battle and, and fight somebody and you've got to have power and you've got to have aggression and you know you've really got to be wanting it and, and be hungry for it so I had to have a completely different mindset and it wasn't with babies and, and things like this so that was a really difficult thing to do and I found it hard and I used to go back to my room at night and um, just talk to him and, and cry sometimes because I was missing him so much but you know switched off in the day got the job done went back at night and then dealt with it then Wow Before we move on to the Sky version and your memories from that and the differences just very briefly going back to the pregnancy wasn't it Wolf's wife Paula who said I'm 
you might be pregnant. Take a test. Is that right? Do you know what? Yeah, we were at the highest and we we had um they sectioned off this restaurant, didn't they? So no one bothered us when we we were eating. And the one morning I woke up, I mean, I still wake up at four or five o'clock in the morning. I'm a morning person, but you can forget me at eight o'clock at night. I'm snoring. So I was always up early and I remember going down to breakfast quite late. And she looked at me and she, um she said, Are you all right? I said, Yeah. I said, I slept I don't be tired. And she said, You're pregnant. Well, I laughed it off because it was the literally the second thing that came out of her, her mouth. And I went, no, what? She said, no, you're pregnant. I said, well, what do you, what, how? She said, well, I can tell by how you look. I said, get off. She said, no, seriously. She said, I'm going to go and pick up a text. She said, I'll, I'll be back over at the arena backstage in about an hour and a half. I'm going to shoot and go and get um, a clear brief for you. And I said, oh, no, don't waste your money. Don't. You know, it's it's not going to happen. I'm not, honestly. As soon as you come backstage and, she, you know, she was there in an hour and a half and I thought, oh my God, she's got one. She's serious about this. So she gets, she's a quick, go toilet. So I went to the toilet and I did it. Oh, I could have dropped on the floor. I was pregnant. Just remember saying to her, oh my God, what am I going to do? How did you know? She said, I could just tell. She said, you had this glow. And I thought, that is impressive. It blew me away that she knew. A woman's intuition. <laughs> and I was only for, what, three, four weeks as well? Yeah, and I remember going up to Nigel and I said, oh, you know, I think you should know I'm, I'm pregnant. And he oh. said, well, seriously? I said, yeah. I said, Paul has just got me a test and I've done it and um, I'm pregnant. So he said, right, okay, I need a, a second opinion on this. And he whisked me off to this doctor and I did a test and they said, uh, we, did, we had a scan as well. And they said, yeah, you're right, you are, but you're only you know, four weeks. So it's it's still in a safe place. You're okay to get out there and do your thing. So I did, I went back. They said, it's entirely up to you. And I said, yeah, if it's, if it's cushioned and safe, let's go for it. So we carried on as normal that year. And I thought, actually, it's turned out quite good, hasn't it, for my men in between the filming. But then because he went two, three weeks over, he was really, really late. I had, they were phoning up saying, have you had that baby yet? And I was like, no, 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 not yet. I'm trying everything. And I did. I tried everything. All these old wives' tales and uh, superstitious stuff. We, we tried everything. Got myself in a pickle, but never had the baby. Just picking up something you just said, did you tell Nigel before you told Frank? Can't remember, Frank. <laughs> or Nigel. But I was pregnant when Paula got me the test. Well, you'd have been talking about the test, wouldn't you? You were probably there, weren't you? No, you weren't. Uh, were you there? I can't remember. Just just imagine yeah. Nigel hearing the news before Frank did. <laughs> I can't remember. Do you know what? I doubt it very much, I'm sure. Yeah, we both doubt You've mentioned Frank a, a, a few times in this, and actually there's a lot of gladiatorial links for you guys as well in the sense that you were introduced kind of via Panther, right, in the opening of, of one of her gyms. Yeah, that's how we met. I mean, I'd gone down to an RWT meeting with all the other lads, and whilst they were down there, she said, oh, I'm, I've got a gym opening. Do, you know, do you want to pile around my gym? And a few of us went round there. I, I just remember standing in her gym, having a look around, and I just clutched this guy. And I said to her, I said, oh, who's that? And she said, oh, that's my husband's training partner, Frank. I thought, oh, okay. Well, he'd done the same with me. Oh, who's that? Oh, that's lightning. That's my work colleague. Anyway, they introduced us and we started talking and that was it. But he had no idea who lightning was. Uh, did you have any idea who I was? You uh, must have done. Yeah. He, he says no. I didn't watch TV at that time. Oh, he, he, he said he didn't. 
Not you must have known Panther was Panther, though. Yeah, I knew. I knew of. I knew of the, the series and what you was. I didn't know the individual people. I think he was my biggest fan. <laughs> <laughs> and Kim, I remember seeing Frank backstage at Gladiators, and I actually thought he was one of the brand new male gladiators because he had the physique and obviously he trained. You can probably ask Frank yourself now, but did he ever want to be a gladiator himself? Hey, Batman! Oh, ba- he could have been Batman. <laughs> <laughs> there might have been some licensing issues with that name, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he said he didn't. Well, do you know what you can say for yourself? Uh, do you know what I think? I think realistically, the thing is, when you see the other side of it, do you want to be a part of that or not? Do you know, the thing is, I, obviously, I was there supporting Kim. You know, doing whatever I need to do. Obviously, they had physios, but massaging, baths, whatever you know, whatever the concept was. But if you were both in it, I think it would have a slightly, it would have a different appeal. And also, the, I think the flip side to that, LWT wouldn't have wanted a couple being in there because politically that would have, you know, they would have had a little bit more sway in things. You know, one of them would have got the, um, the other one would have agreed with them. So I don't think that would have worked. But I think initially I was just more than happy supporting Kim and, and I can I think I can honestly say that but on the flip side to it if they'd offered me a job would I have took it? Ooh, probably but you don't know do you? Yeah, but it's honest. Do you know strangely enough when we used to go out and do PAs I mean he went to every single one with me he was always with me and everyone thought he was a gladiator so they'd, they'd want his autograph as well and he used to have to say to them I'm sorry I'm not a gladiator and we used to joke and call him Thunder Thunder and Lightning. Right do you think you would have been any good? Oh die can you see the right you, No you're not on video. Oh, oh I just showed you me Guns, I've just come out of the gym. What would have it's been not... your favourite event then? What would you have been like the master of? Do you know, I think I would have liked the Tufty Games. I would have liked things like Powerball, Gauntlet, I'd, uh, Jewel. I would have liked the, the Get Stuck in Games. I, I don't think I would have agile enough to do certain games, swing shots, you know, things like that. Oh, that would have been funny seeing him dangle. Bouncing up and down, I'd have just dangled forever. And I don't think that would have been good. But the the more manly game sort of thing, I'd like them. Yeah. Get stuck in. And Kim, is it true that you actually proposed to Frank on holiday in Kenya, but then had to postpone your wedding due to kind of being battered and bruised and exhausted from the filming of Gladiators? It's kind of 50% true, but no, the last bit is a little nonsense. Isn't it weird what you hear? I've been scouring all of the old press clippings and stuff like that, which is where some of this information has come from. So it's always good to, to find out what's true and what's just been kind of exaggerated or made up. Oh, yeah, don't trust the press pool. Yeah, no, what happened was he proposed to me after about three months around his kitchen table. And I said yes to start with. And then all of a sudden I said to him, hang on a minute. I actually know nothing about you. You could be a serial, this is my exact words, you could be a serial killer for all I know. I said, no, do you know what? I, I need to get to know you more. I don't feel like I know you enough to marry you. And he said, oh, okay, then. He said, but I won't ask again. He said, so you'll have to ask next time. And I thought, oh. So anyway, three years later, he still hadn't asked. And we went. And where did we go? Well, where, on holiday oh, on holiday. So I thought it was Kenya or Gambia. Or, oh, no, it wasn't Gambia. Kenya. We were on a beach and I I got down on one knee and I presented the ring and I asked him if he'd marry me. And Kim, is it true that you had to move house, you and Frank, a few times because you were getting bothered by fans knocking on the door and asking for autographs? No, that wasn't the reason why. I mean, I've had 14 houses because they've, they've had about the same amount of schools as well. They're quite versatile, thankfully, and adaptable. No, that's not why we moved. I mean, and some of the houses at the beginning I think we used to get pestered a lot yeah and I would keep my front coat and shirt and things like that we things in the back garden trying to appear through the French doors have we yeah. yeah we had all sorts of things so we then we don't like neighbours you see and, and I suppose we do go 
quite remote where you have to have electric gates and you've got no neighbours, so you've got fields around you and things like that. We went through Spain for a few years. But that's not why. Don't get me wrong, you like your privacy when you're not at work and you're back to Kim, not Lightning. You like to know you can walk around your house in your undies and not be spied on because that, that's a bit weird. Do you know what I mean? I, I could never have imagined as a fan myself knocking on a, a door of one of the gladiators, to be honest. It just seems a bit of a step too far. Just before we move on to like life after gladiators and, and when you went to the Sky Gladiators, obviously when you went back to the arena after having Lexus, that was like the final series. We all knew that it was the final few episodes and the show was coming to an end. If the show wasn't coming to an end, would you do you think that you would have returned back for a brand new series or do you feel like your time as Lightning was kind of coming to an end now that you'd got a baby and, uh, and were kind of going down a different route? Oh, that's a tough question that is. I mean, oh, crikey. I, what I did want to do, I think it was sad when it finished, but 50% of me was quite glad because I felt that I had been able to do every show every year and it, I felt it was time at that point, you know, you've got a little baby and I wanted to spend it with my family. I didn't want to be going all over the country. I mean, we were out living in hotels more than what we were at home. So, you know, it would have made it very difficult, I think, with having a little baby. And, you know, those are the, the precious moments where you want to spend that time. But yeah, had it carried on or whether I'd have been able to say, no, I don't want to do it is another question because I just loved it. Absolutely loved the filming. And so when they came knocking for the Sky Gladiators, you were happy to go back? I wasn't going to do it at first. That's why I say, oh, did I do it? And then I said, yeah, well, I do it. Partly because I knew it wasn't the same and it was never going to be the same. The, the budget was just inferior. The, the show was never going to be as good. I mean, it was a complete and utter failure as far as I was concerned. Oh, the best of it was. <laughs> Straight after the filming, we went into the green room, yeah, and we're talking and having a laugh and a joke and a drink. And then all of a sudden, this guy walks up to me and he says, so, so what do you want us to think of this version? So I told him out straight and I said, well, I mean, let's face it, you know, there's not enough budget in there. There's barely any audience. You've got fire and all sorts of things going on. No, nah, it's not a patch. I said, it's, I don't think it's very good. So I was really slagging it off. Little did I know I was talking to the director of the show. <laughs> Having said that, had I known he'd have asked me, I'd have said exactly the same because, you know, it's, it's what I honestly thought. So, let's meet the legends as they return to the Gladiator Arena one more time. Ladies and gentlemen, be on your feet. Make some noise for... Lightning! Known for her agility, upper body strength and speed, Lightning was the unbeaten queen of Hang Tough. No mean feat considering she was on the show for eight years. I'm Lightning from Gladiators. I was in the show from 92 to 99. Night Tempest, I came in at a very early age. I was the youngest of 19. I don't think you can describe the buzz of entering the arena to anything else in life. The minute you walk through, it's just an opening. Legends have to win. We can't go home without winning. There's a message for you new glads out there. I'm Lightning and I'm undefeated on so many events, you should still be scared of me, because Lightning does strike twice. It was good fun because I went down there and I met a few of the glads and it was like old times, a little bit. Uh, it was never the same, but we did beat them, didn't we? I was going to say, yeah, your team of female gladiators actually beat the, the new gladiators in the Eliminator course, which was, uh, yeah, 
must have been worth going back just for that alone. Of course, we'd never lived it down, would we? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Cause so I'm sure I saw on um, social media saying, "Well, they won," and I thought, "I don't remember that." I'm sure we won. Yeah, no, I'm I'm glad that happened. I mean, fair play to them. They're thrown in at the deep end trying to, you know, become gladiators and, and they, they had to face against us oldies. But no, I'm glad we stood our ground and kept face. And off they go. The memories will be flooding back, but they're used to chasing contenders, not being chased by gladiators. Those seven seconds are up already and our new gladiators leap into action. Both looking really strong. Tempers just in front of ice, but the legends are quick. They've forgotten all of their training. Rebel flying up there. She's made it to the top already for the full 10 points. Tempest hasn't been beaten once in the whole series, but she has now. And can Lightning follow in her tracks for five points? Yes, a brilliant result for the legends. Whoa! Ladies, what can I say? That was an awesome display. Rebel, you got 10 points for that. Lightning five. Lightning, you're on fire as well. Well, I love the wall. It's good fun. But it's very different being the prey to the predator. Her hand, and I'm sure she sort of tapped my foot at one point, and I thought, Oh, no, you don't. But that speeded me up, and it was just yeah. a scramble towards the end. But yes, yeah. nice. What about you? You must be disappointed you couldn't catch lightning up there. Um, well, lightning's her name, and she's certainly fast up the wall. But um, never could I have dreamed as an 11 year old girl watching gladiators that I would be chasing lightning up the wall. So it was a great match. I really enjoyed every minute of it. <laughs> There's so many different things that they're trying to bring back. Well, not bring back, but bring on air, similar to Gladiators, but it's just not. I don't think it's as good. So I'm hoping this version is going to be as good as ours, at least. I'd really like the younger generation to just get a little bit of a taste of what we had in the 90s, because it was it was really quite special. And I think it's only the older people that really understand what I'm saying here, because you had to live it. If we could give the younger generation a bit of what we had. Now's the time to do it. The timing is absolutely perfect and for BBC to do their do their magic on it, maybe? From the vibe that I'm getting from the from the production team is that it's very, going to be very celebratory of the original Gladiator mm. series. It's, it's a difficult one for them, I think. And I, I'm really intrigued to see how they're going to do it because, you know, they're bringing out their version. They're going to want their babies, their Gladiators, their games. A lot of the older generations are going to want they're going to compare it to obviously the originals but you can't bring back and relive something because it's in the past so they can't bring back all the same games the same gladiators the same this that and the other it's got to be different but on a par or bigger and better so it's a really hard thing that they're going to try and do but i think with how society is with fitness calisthenics and crossfit and things like that there's going to be some super duper contenders out there and i think these gladiators have got to be on point could we bring back lightning is that a possibility i don't think the bbc are going to want to bring back any of the original gladiators this is not what the new show is about it's a new version new glads new games and it's it's going to be their baby so they're, they're not really going to want to ditto ITV's older version. I've been asked this a lot and I've thought about it and I thought, do you know what? They may not involve any of the old glass and fair play, you know, it's their TV show. I really hope it's successful and I would love to try and help them make it successful. But I think because I've done all the shows and I was quite a good all-rounder and I was the longest serving female and I think I'm in a good position where I could coach, train the contenders, the gladiators, because they, they will need coaching and training on these events. Even mentality-wise, how to perform to the cameras how to perform to the audience you know it's a tv show it's not just 
uh, an athletic competition. So, you know, there's so much to think about. And if they think that they can get out there because they're big and they're strong or they're fast, that's not what it's about. It's about technique. You've got to look at the game. You've got to think, what have I got to win this? How do I do it? Break it down and things like that. So whether it's to be a pundit where you can say, I've got a good eye as well. So it's very easy to look at something and know what where they lacked what they did wrong, how they could improve, why the other person won, you know, what gave them the edge over the other one. So, you know, I think things like that, that would be good if that could be brought onto the show. There's lots of different ways that some of the original gladiators could help without being a gladiator. Do you think there's another lightning out there? No. Good answer, good answer. Well, there is an is though. Let's face it, there, there can't be. As Saracen says, there's only one. Do you know what? I'm, I'm not saying there's no one out there that is bigger, or f- well, certainly not bigger, I'm like a bloody mouse, but faster or better at the games or whatever but you can't try and be someone or like someone or try and take after them it's never going to happen you are who you are be yourself make your own name and at the end of the day you can be bigger and better than the other person but you're not going to be them do you think that lexus or sky would be interested in potentially following in your footsteps or is it just not for them not for them don't get me wrong they love the show uh, from what they saw it wasn't around you know when when they were of age to enjoy it so you know people will come up to them and say oh my god your, your mom's lightning really oh and they go off on one. But for my kids, it's like, she's just my mom. What? You know, so for them, I'm not lightning. They don't really fully understand it. And again, with the show. So, you know, they've seen a, a couple of the shows, but I'm just mom to them. And, and their lifestyles are very different. You know, they're concentrating on other things. My daughter's getting married and she's thinking of having children and she's she's very homely. Uh, she doesn't have a back injury. And then my son, uh, although he's high, he was highly into training, he has quite a, an intense job. So, you know, it really wouldn't, he, he wouldn't be going down that road. The electrifying lightning! Also back for a second season with 23 gold medals to her name, Lightning is an accomplished gymnast, having competed all over the world in the junior British squad. A gladiator guaranteed to strike twice. Do you ever hear Simply the Best and still think, whenever you hear it, that it's to take you back to to those days oh my god every single time I just got into that song and that is it I'm in the arena I'm going out there waving and doing my cartwheel flicks and somersaults and every time I hear it yeah it takes me back there's one memory that I had which was a pyramid game with Eunice so you've you yeah. tackled Eunice quite high up you've you rolled down and then you still beat Eunice back up to the top of, yeah. of, of the pyramid yeah. Eunice was quite a formidable contender anyway to, to have done that it just as soon as I think of pyramid that's the moment I always think of oh I love Eunice she was just the bee's knees. She was a, a character, her energy. And, you know, I think this is the reason why the audience got behind her because she was just so likable. You know, she was genuine and there was, she, she was brilliant. You know, there was never a dull moment with Eunice, but she really came up with what she had to. The goods were there on every event. You knew that she was going to put up a good battle because she had that mindset. And she was, so I, I knew, I remember this, this pyramid. And I remember thinking, like, what am I? gonna do with her now i planned this and it didn't just happen as it happened so i knew i was going to try and make it exciting because they always used to say you know this is a tv show don't just get them straight away 
make it exciting. It's all about the TV show. They didn't want a boring event. I knew she would be up for it and I knew she'd give me a good battle. So I thought, right, I'm not going to play around the bottom because we're going to be up, down, up, down, up, down. We will be getting and very, very tired, but it's not going to look spectacular. Now, Eunice is quite a spectacular athlete. So I knew she'd be up for it. So where I was at the top and she was at the bottom, I thought, I'm not going to meet her halfway and we just fall half a pyramid. I'm going to let her come up. One was to burn a bit of her energy, but two was because I knew that we could really give a good fall all the way down to the bottom. And I knew then I just had to sprint all the way up to the top, which I did, and then we did the same again. So the more, and then I was trying to do some flying dives as well, hoping not to miss because that would make it look stupid. But I just knew. The audience loved tackling right from the top, boom, 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 rotating, somersaulting, you know, doing all these twists and turns and because it looked better than a little push. The easiest thing for a gladiator was literally to stand there and push. But we just stand down on the step and it's not looking spectacular because it's just looking a bit boring. They wanted to see all these rugby tackles. They wanted to see you flying down all these steps and landing in a heap on the bottom. And all they wanted to do was go, ooh, you know, that's what created the atmosphere by making it interesting and exciting. Frank used to help me uh, stack the the hay was in the barn so that I could practice the pyramid. And Kim, that's why you had a 71% win rate on the events. So that's really, really impressive for a gladiator to have that. I think it was, a you had 103 wins from 145 appearances. So that's really, really impressive. That's good. What were the others, draws or losers? There would have been including the draws and losers, yeah. But it was 70% you won. And 100% win rate in 97, right? 100%, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a great percentage against all of the other gladiators i think diane you're at 71 percent as well i think <laughs> they're, they're both acting as if they didn't know they weren't keeping tabs <laughs> on this um we, we we've pretty much covered everything from your glad life kim but what about afterwards and and why today are you are you still competing you're, you're still doing bodybuilding competitions right well not this year and not last year if i probably won't do it again yeah i tell you what happened my husband was competing i think he'd just done the uni in Italy and uh, I supported him through that and I watched him and amazing both of you by the way amazing ah oh, thank you inspirational. Uh, and I thought do you know what I wonder if I could do it I mean we train together anyway you know we've always trained together support each other and everything else and I thought oh do you know what if he's going to do it next year I might as well do it with him I trained and you know I had it in my mind that you know maybe this this could be I, I wonder if I could make a comeback because I last competed was it 30 years before yeah I was 18 doing the NABBA British finals and um, I thought oh god it's been ages or I wonder if I could I wonder if it's the same so that was why I did the first year was it 2021 2020 2020 I just wanted to prove to myself that I could still do it I could make a comeback 30 years later and compete against these youngsters and I, I wanted to know if I still had the, the grit and determination because it takes a lot of discipline to be able to prep and perform on stage as a bodybuilder because you have to get your, your body fat levels to like 4%. You know, you end up serrated. And I thought, considering I like my chocolate so much, it was going to be quite a task. So I thought, I wonder if I've still got it in, mate. Anyway, I did that year and then I did really well on that year. I won everything. And I thought, oh, was it fluke? I better have another year just to check. So I did another year and I wanted to try different federations as well because I thought, well, that could be fluke as well because they might like me, but what about the other feds? But yeah, I, 
I won everything. So I thought, no fluke there. Picked what I wanted to do. It became a bit of a bucket's list, really. I thought, oh, I do, I do want to get back up on stage again because I wanted photographs. I didn't have any photographs. There weren't really any cameras and certainly weren't any phones um, to take photographs on all those years ago when I originally did it. So I thought, right, I'm going to get back up on stage. I'm going to take some photographs and some videos to show the grandkids and their grandkids and so on. So, yeah, I, I pretty much did it to prove a point to myself and get some nice footage. Oh, incredible. Absolutely incredible. <laughs> I just, you were always like one of my gladiator sisters that I just thought she, there's nothing she can't do. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Pretty sure everybody else felt that too. I always tried my best, and to be honest, I put 110 percent into it every single time. Otherwise, you just think, well, one of you don't, you're going to get hurt. You had to go in on the attack rather than defence. Otherwise, you know things are going to go wrong, and you're going to come out worse off. So, you know, you really had to go in with the right mindset and then give everything you've got. And I think there's no point doing anything in life unless you are going to back it physically, emotionally, and with every breath that you take. So, you know, if you're going to do something and you want to do it well. You've got to put your heart and soul into it. Thank you so much. I mean, one of my favourite interviews, I have to admit. It's a huge part of our life, wasn't it? And I suppose what we are and what we have today, we, we wouldn't be or have any of it without it. So I owe a lot to it and I'll always be very thankful for it and um, very grateful that I was given the opportunity to spend so many years with that. And of course, the fan side of it was spectacular. It was one of the biggest things, you know, the atmosphere in the arena and the fan side of it is is what it was all about. And I think that's what I take from it the most and what's the future i think as you get older you you what you want out of life changes doesn't it you kind of settle for less i mean your patience becomes a lot less doesn't it you know we're enjoying life holidays and just doing what we want when we want going where we want and we're just enjoying each other and life itself you know appreciating what we have around us and being there for the children we're just concentrating on enjoying life i think now lastly are you still a huge fan of gorillas oh my god that's when i was a little girl gorillas oh of course i am i've got frank (laughs) kim it's so embarrassing i've been getting all of the info basically when I was a youngster I used to get these folders and keep all of the clippings and stuff so I've raided my mum and dad's loft uh, and that's where all of this information's come from from this episode so yeah the grillers were a part of uh, your fact <laughs> that was one thing they didn't lie about or make up because I used to collect grillers and I collected cuddly toys statues everything to do with grillers I don't have any of them well I've got Frank but um, other than that <laughs> I love, love gorillas. I still like them. And I think but it's silverbacks in my fave. I think it's because they're so big and powerful and their presence is just incredible, isn't it? So, And they've just got big muscles. <laughs> no, they do. Kim, thank you so much for joining us on the Glad Pod. It's, uh, you, your name comes up in literally every email or message that we get from from our listeners. So you, you need to speak to Lightning. You need to speak to Lightning. And I'm, I'm glad we've, we've been able to make it work and, and just to cover so much. Lovely. An absolute pleasure talking to each and every one of you. So, yeah, thank you. Wow, there we go. Lightning, a.k.a. Kim Betts on the Glad Pod. You've been asking for it a long time. We've been asking for it a long time. It has finally happened. The queen of Hang Tough herself, the longest serving female gladiator 
in the world on the Glad Pod. Producer Paul, apart from the odd thing that she couldn't remember, despite the fact that she's spoken about it so freely, it was great, wasn't it? We've, we've heard so much. Oh, fantastic episode. And I'm so glad that we could finally make it happen and, and get all of her story. I think the, the main thing that stood out for me is the sheer determination and the love for the show that Lightning had. I mean, I knew she was a determined person, obviously from her gladiator's career, but hearing her story about giving birth to Lexus and then three weeks later being in the arena and none of us knew all of the additional like trauma that she'd been through in, in terms of like giving birth to, to Lexus and then also having the worry about him being paralyzed on one side of his face to know that that was going on in the background of her competing in the final ever series just is tremendous and die that was a nice little trip down memory lane for you as well but also she stayed on for so much longer as well so there was there was plenty to cover absolutely so i'm hoping we'll get a we'll get another one another chance to spend time with kim and francis in the background and maybe even the kids might if they're popping by for a coffee or something but yes she to me and i've said it many times on the glad pod was and is the ultimate female gladiator in the uk for me uh always was and always will be so let's see what the new series brings producer paul you finally got your fact about the other lightning girl on the glad pod i've been waiting as soon as i found out about that piece of information i've been waiting to have this episode to get lightning story first because it always felt like as if we had to understand how she came into the show did she know that there was another lightning before her so it felt right time to release that information and and hopefully we'll get a chance to chat to, to moya lidden who was the contender who was the original lightning fingers crossed we can we can try to get her on the glad pod to give her side of the story as well guys if you've got any questions that you want to ask myself producer paul or of course die get in touch with the glad pod glad pod at gladiatorstv.com or send a message to us on twitter facebook or instagram i hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as we've enjoyed recording it and um, thank you so much for joining us once again See you next time. Good competition, good spirit, great sportsmanship as both contenders show mutual respect. Join us again next week for the ultimate challenge, the might of... 